Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Are very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be sucks. I want a number leader. Everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, none other than Michael Lagaris. Everybody, yo yo yo! Thanks, Keith. And you know the man behind the glass. You know his name. The most amazing board op in the history of podcasts, radio, any type of media in the history of mankind. No one has a skill level this man has. The Majestic Beast. <laughs> Nicholas Kronk, everyone. Everybody, thanks again for joining us. Uh, quick apology for however I might have sounded on last last week's podcast. How many how many times did we return interceptions for touchdowns? I'm sure there's a couple. Definitely not uh, feeling as, as well as I should have. I can only move forward and give 100% uh, from here on out. Well, you know, you can't blame the kid. He was a little down last week. He had a few brewskis because... Uh, yeah, we traded a little down. Who are you crying for? Yeah, we traded a little down. The Giants went the way they went last week. And it's been rough. There's been more positive spins as this week co- has gone yes. on. Yes, We'll see what happens with the G-Man. Let's get right back into the Jets, guys. Normally, you won't love a show with the name of Trevor Simeon. However, just before me and Mike get record, the Jets signed him as our backup. We've been talking about on the show, guys. I know a lot of Jets fans are thinking, well, who is the backup? McCown isn't signed. You know, kind of leaving everything up in the air. We didn't know what the situation was going to be with him. And they signed Trevor Simeon. Okay. Decent player. 30 touchdowns in his career. He started a bunch of NFL games as someone who's been through it. I know he's not tremendous. I know he is someone suited to be a backup. He's proven he's not a starting level player over the long term. Right. Short term, Denver had a few good games. And yep. Maybe they got carried away with him. But Mike, what do you think about it in so far as the depth of bring to the position. He's only 27 years old. And you think it's a good signing? You think this is a- I think it's a great signing. I think it's a good depth signing for the amount. I think he we signed him for $3 million or $2 million uh, on a one-year deal. Uh, I think that for the money and the experience that he brings to the table and being there is a good stopgap. I mean, if Sam Darnold goes down by injury, we can put a guy who has won six, seven, eight, nine games in the season right back there and just continue on moving. And he's somebody that doesn't threaten Sam Darnold. He's not somebody who it seems that there was a bad locker room guy. He seems like he'll look great holding a clipboard. So I'm all about it. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> funny, Mike. The reason, and when you sign backups, usually it doesn't make that much hay unless you have a QB situation with a team that's a little gray where the starters maybe a jabroni, maybe someone they want to push. This isn't that right. situation. The reason this is a good signing, he's 27 years old. Like I said, he has experience. He absolutely positively knows this is Sam Darnold's team, so he has no chance of being the starter at all, but he's there just in case, God forbid, anything happens. Oh yeah, he's Uh, good enough, God forbid, Sam has to go down for any period of time, hopefully that doesn't happen, but you know, three or four game stretch, you don't feel completely bad about Trevor Simeon, you know, stepping in for Or at least it makes you feel better, I should say, it makes you feel better than... Me, we were talking about a few episodes ago, Davis Webb being the backup for the Jets this year. Now, would that have been the worst situation in the world? I don't know, but I know that he just doesn't have a lot of experience so far as the NFL. He has none. 
So having someone in there at least has played a bunch of games, yep. thrown 30 touchdowns in the league, makes you feel a little bit better. Say you're winning in the first half of a game, something happens with Sam, God forbid, but he has to come in the second half, close it out. At least it's someone that he has, or somebody that's already done it. Yep. And there's been a lot of little smaller signings this week, Mike. Guys we've re-signed, other guys that are kind of depth position fill-ins that we got. One of them, obviously, is Trevor Simeon. A whole bunch of other ones. you got a whole list of guys here. That's kind of what we're going to talk about this week. Kind of the guys that we're filling in. Most of these dudes, Mike, that you're going to bring up right now, most of these players the Jets have signed, it's depth fill-ins. Guys that are going to fill in just in case it's an injury, uh, God forbid, or maybe some special teams guys. But why don't you go ahead? What do you got for us, Mike? What do you got? Let, let Jet fans know a little bit about some of these new signings we brought in this week. Well, some of the people we brought in were all around depth. Daniel Brown, tight end. He, the reasons why we brought him in was number one, uh, his history with Dowell Loggins, our offensive coordinator. He played with them in, during a season in Chicago during 2016. Um, he's a guy who could play on special teams. We've lost some special teams talent uh, due to free agency. So he's somebody who who has experience playing special teams, and we really brought him in there for blocking and depth at the tight ends position. So Daniel Brown, pretty good signing. Um, also, and he's there just in case Leggett or or Herndon get hurt. So um, he'll be 27 uh, during once the season begins on the opening day. So he's. I think it's solid signing. And then uh, Tom Compton, offensive lineman from the Minnesota Vikings. This guy it screams depth. He can play the right guard or left guard to back up um, Osemele or Brock Winters. And we already know Winters has a lot of issues regarding his health. So this is a really good depth signing. On PFF record, he was ranked 44th. Uh, in as offensive lineman. So having a guy like that as your starter is a bit risky, but having a guy like that as your backup is solid. So I think um, I think Mike McCacton did pretty good here. Protecting Kirk Cousins last year, he yielded more than about 70 pressures protecting Kirk Cousins last year. So those, that's not great numbers, but it's definitely good as a plug-and-play for the Jets' offensive line, which we discussed as one of the biggest holes on our team. Yeah, and I just, you know, when you sign a you know, guy like Compton, that's nice. He's kind of a lower-level guy. And his name might not come up again ever again, hopefully, after this podcast. We don't ever have to mention him ever again. I wonder if Daryl Loggins has been to the danger zone. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he's been to his brother's danger zone. No, Shout-out to uh, Kenny Loggins. Everybody knows Kenny Loggins. Die-hard die hard Jet fan. Die-hard yeah. Jet fan. Season ticket holder. Nah. I've, totally, I've totally just made that up, everybody. That's not true. That's not true at all. Oh, who knows? Maybe, maybe he's. My, my you do never know. Maybe he is now. If there is a Loggins family tree that he's somehow connected. To. If you're listening, hop on board, Kenny yeah. and Daryl. And if you ever want to just call in, I mean, you want to talk to me or Mike, here. jump on Skype or record you, Kenny. We can do something. <laughs> uh, Mike, <laughs> sorry, Brent Cavale back, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I always pronounce his name wrong because normally when you see the letter Q, there's a U after it. Yeah. When there's a Q then a V, it's not my fault. It's, hard. it's not my fault if I don't say it correctly. Too many continents. Spell your name the right way. Yeah. Separately from that, he also got re-signed, Mike, when it comes to offensive linemen. Definitely. And I don't understand that. I, I keep. This guy's been on our roster since 2014. He's one of the longest tenured Jets out there, and he's trash. I don't understand why we keep bringing this guy back. I mean, it's I understand they're trying to bring him back for depth or whatever, but go get somebody else. Like, I'm done with this dude. He tried, almost got Sam Darnold destroyed last year. Yeah, he's someone that gets put in in case of emergency, and then when you put him in, it's like, say you had like a... Say you have like a donut. Right. You're only supposed to drive it for like a certain amount of miles, bro. Yep. You're not supposed to go over 45. Right. And if you do, guess what happened? The car gets smashed. And that's what happened to Sam Darnold last year with this jabroni in there. All right. Now, one thing that happened this week, we lost Jason Myers, as we know. I think Mike might have mentioned it last week, too, on the show, that we lost Jason Myers. You know, 
when it comes to kickers in the NFL nowadays, it's always, to me, it's always strange with kickers because a guy will come in, you've never heard of him. Right. Right? And he's pretty good. You're like, like last year with Myers came in and he made the Pro Bowl with the yep. Jets. And Ken Azaro played for the Jets a few years ago. I saw a bunch of different metrics, especially with extra points, where Ken Azaro was actually a lot more accurate than Myers was. Uh, and there's certain ranges of kicks also he's better. Within the, between 40 and 49, Myers is a much better kicker. And that's where you have most of your kicks. Right. I totally get that. But when it comes to extra points, when it comes to having the big leg, Ken Azaro is probably a better kicker. And he's a comparable player player to Myers, if you're just going to compare kickers. Kicking percentage is about the same in their career, Mike. So I don't really think, uh, you know, you're not going to go too crazy about a kicker, except the fact that this year we'll probably play a whole bunch of close games with the type of team that we have offensively. So losing Myers, getting Canizaro, not the biggest loss in the world, especially they didn't really sign him for, you know, too much money. Yeah, not a big, big loss as far I mean, think about the, the, the amount of money we're talking about. He got four years, 15 15- Point five million from the Seattle Seahawks. That's roughly almost four million a year, and we signed Catanzaro to two point three million with six hundred thousand guaranteed. I mean, and from the drop from Myers to Catanzaro, is that the same delta between four million for four years straight, 15 and a half, right? I mean, it's it, there's no doubt. Like what what Cagnan has done here is he's being smart with his money. And uh, I'm okay with going back to Canizero. Canizero wanted to go to a warm weather place, and I guess it didn't really work out for him. So he's back with the Jets. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, kickers go to Tampa Bay, and just, something just happens to them down there. They oh. just all of a sudden just lose. It. What's that? Remember that kicker, Mike? Martin Grammatica. Remember Martin? All I remember with Tampa Bay kickers is Martin Grammatica being happy. Torres 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 Torres. Torres. <laughs> it's got the accuracy. It's got the distance. Martin Grammatica, 15 for 19 this season. And he hurt himself leaping up and down. Oh, he, he, he just strained his knee. He hyperextended his knee. Let me tell you something about the word Jabota. <laughs> That was that was great. That was like the, like the epitome of aha moments. Yeah, and they drafted they drafted some kicker a few years ago. He was supposed to be, he was like the DK Metcalf of kickers. Yeah, he took him yeah, in like I'm a second win. round, and then he was just absolute dumpster fire Start garbage. With a, I, I, I don't Arroyo, Arroyo, or Arroyo, 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 some, some <laughs> Latino sounding name for sure. Yeah. I know, Mike, though, that uh, Canizaro went down to Tampa Bay, didn't play that well. When we had him with us in 2017, he had a really good field goal percentage, and he crushed kickoffs. He does get a lot of touchbacks, too. So, you know, when it comes down to things, little things like that, which end up mattering sometimes. Yep. Um, he's not that bad a guy. We also brought back another player, Mike. Big guy who they didn't re-sign, then re-signed him back. Steve McClendon for the defensive line. They re-signed McClendon to a one-year deal for $2.5 He's a closer. He's a nose tackle. That's a one technique. He's a dog. He gets in there, and a lot of his value is really not put out there because he just is a lunch pail dude. He goes to work and does what he's supposed to do, and I'm very happy we brought him back uh, to be part of the team. We didn't bring back Mike Pinnell, unfortunately, but having him along there with Leo and Henry Anderson to anchor down, I'm very happy that we brought him down, and we didn't spend that much on him. Think about it. We spent $2.5 million. That's what we're spending on the kicker, so these are smart signings that are valuable that Mike McCagnon is do is is adding to the team. So, well done. Yeah, let's get and one other signing I want to get into Mike real quick. Someone that everyone not, might not know that much about. Jet signed Brian Poole to a one-year deal, 3.5 million dollar contract. Played a couple seasons with the Falcons and he's probably going to be the guy that's going to fill that slot position in 
for the former most hated player in the world of Michael Garris, Buster Screen. Right. Mike did and not have. Mike did not have nice things to say about Buster Screen. You have Screen. a Buster jersey in your house, Mike. Uh, on his way out, and we signed Brian Poole. Mike, what do you think? Good signing. Makes sense. Uh, he seems like someone that can get after the ball. He's pretty speedy. What do you think? Yeah, we talked about this a little bit last show. He, we hadn't signed him yet, but he, we were bringing him in. He's an upgrade over Buster Screen. Obviously, he's faster, bigger. Uh, he does a lot of the same things that Buster Screen does, but um, we did, it's a, de- a definite improvement. He's a lot younger than Buster Screen, or not a lot, but he's younger than Buster Screen. And I hopefully that he will not cause the same penalties issues that Buster Screen brought. That was the biggest problem I had with him because every time I turned around, there's a yellow flag going up. So I'm happy that we signed him. I think we did increase our value there uh, at the slot corner position, but I don't know if we have addressed our corner position in full the way we needed to. Yeah, I think they're going to have to draft a cornerback. That's kind of the way it's lining up, right? Doesn't it look like that, Mike? They're going to draft a corner in the draft and they're going to draft an offensive lineman in the draft. I'm not saying it's going to be with that with that first pick, but the two picks they have in the third round kind of looks to me like that's where they have to go there, just considering the depth that we have right now. Donald Roberts is not that bad a player. He played pretty good last year when uh, Tremaine Johnson was out, as we talked about last week. Poole's not that bad. Mike, I, I know in your notes here, you mentioned too, um, Poole actually had a bunch of pressures last year. You can get after the quarterback for a corner. He actually is able to get after the cor- quarterback pretty well. So in Greg Williams' defense, that's pretty good. And when it comes to penalties, last year he might have had a bunch. Previously in his career, really not that many. So he doesn't seem to be a buster screen level player who just seemed to commit a one or two every single game. And that went on for years and years, Mike. And really, they always seem to be at inopportune moments, too. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. All right, so we were just talking about what we were dealing with with our cornerback position and uh, some upgrades that we've gotten there with the pool signing. But, um... I think through free agency so far, Mac has done a very good job in putting money with talent. Um, looking at the full roster right now, there's a couple of positions that I believe Mac has addressed when we were going into free agency. We knew that we wanted to upgrade our offensive line. We knew we wanted to upgrade uh, our secondary. One of the positions that I think that Mac has addressed and upgraded are the weapons for Sam Darnold. The protection for Sam Darnold is paramount, but the weapons that Sam Darnold would need, and I'm specifically, obviously, we're talking about Le'Veon Bell, but we can talk about Jameson Crowder. And if you look at what the weapons that Sam Darnold now has to work with, he has a slot guy, a slot specialist, like we talked about before, and he has a running back who is excellent in the backfield that's able to catch passes, and I believe that adding these weapons to Sam Darnold will absolutely bring at least two, three, possibly even four more wins to this team just from the signings alone as far as running back and wide receiver upgrades, weapons for Sam Darnold to use. Yeah, it's it's hard to disagree with that because if you just, if you took, Mike, if you took any team in the NFL, right, and you added Le'Veon Bell to that team, they could add. They could have added a whole bunch of different players to their team, and the, the spot they probably improved the most at is that offense. And when it comes to weapons, if you, if you want to phrase it as weapons, that'd be the place they improved the most at, right? Because yeah. that's how good a player he is. Yeah. You don't even have to have to me. You don't even have to have Crowder have been signed, and I would have probably agreed just because look at the players we had offensively last year when it comes to game breakers. Yeah. When it comes to different options for Sam. 
Hearn did emerge as the year went on, but the beginning of the year, he wasn't there. He wasn't playing that well, Mike. Robbie Anderson didn't play that bad, but, you know, he had 55 catches or something like that, and he was injured throughout the year. Had some good games with Sam, but Anunwa started the year off good, Mike, then got hurt, then came back at the end of the year. Kirst really didn't do anything all season. When it comes to the running backs, Crowell ran the ball okay, wasn't really an option in the passing game. Cannon was okay, but he's a rookie. McGuire was decent at the end of the year, but all those guys basically are average players. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell, he's none of those things. He's above average in everything. He's an above average pass caster and above average running back. So just adding him alone to me, I would have had to agree the offense is what's been upgraded the most. But they also added Ossimelli, they added Crowder. Uh, when it comes to the short yardage situation with the Jets now, when Sam drops back and it's third and five, and teams are going to have to account for Herndon and Crowder, and the Jets have Le'Veon Bell now coming out of the backfield in that same situation, that's going to be where, compared to last year, we are light years ahead. Immediately. Even even before the draft. Absolutely. And, you know, do you remember that Bears game? That was the first time that you came back to me. You were already impressed with some of the things that Sam Darnold did, but I remember you texting me after that game. They literally had nothing. Anderson was out. Anunua was out. Herndon was out. They had Burnett starting. They had um, Curse was starting, and they had Leggett. They had literally had no one, and Sam Darnold went into Soldier Field, played against the Bears. We ended up losing, but he kept us in the game with absolutely no weapons. And so what they've done in adding Crowder and Bell to add to the value around this team really is going to do so much for for Sam with the little that he had last year. If you look at it, it's not like Sam had the greatest game in the world, 14 for 29, but with what he had to throw the ball to that day, didn't throw a pick, he threw a touchdown. Yep. Um, he had 150 yards, and the leading receiver for the day was Deontay Burnett, like you said, Mike. I mean, that, that's, that's the main <laughs> guy you had to throw to. Jermaine Curse had three catches for 30 yards. Besides that, Burnett had four for 61, and after that, you had nothing. So now add to that same player a year under his belt. We know that Bears game compared to where he was at the end of the year when it comes to Sam Darnold. He was a much better player at the end of the year. Those last three games, as we all know, we've discussed many times on the podcast. So take that player, give him an offseason. Now come into this year, give him all those weapons. That's where I think, obviously, McCagney did the best job improving. But I hope that he's not done, and I hope that there's a move or two still being made on this offensive line, Mike. Because I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say that Harrison is somebody that's going to be a liability for us because he played decently enough last year. Right now, it looks like we have uh, Beecham, Asamelli, Harrison, Winters, and Shell. Those might, those would theoretically be the starters if we didn't make another move. And the only place we probably would make the move, Mike, would probably be a guard or center. And there's a bunch of good players in the draft that may be able to grab. So I hope they're not done. I hope the line, even with these next few weeks of free agency, which is the kind of the second round of free agency, which has seen some guys signed this week to a bunch of different teams. I do hope the line is something they, they do address with each one more player. Maybe get Wisniewski or a few other guys have been cut from teams. There's a few guys out there that even if they're not big names to us, right. might still be upgrades for our yeah. team. You know, so guys don't have to be the biggest name in the world for them to be an upgrade for your team. Right. You know, so especially when it comes to offensive lines. Oh, I think offensive line was the next place that I thought that the Jets did decent upgrades by adding Osimelli and adding Compton as depth. Um, and then re-signing Harrison at the center position, who I'm not going to say he's good. I'm just going to say that with him, Sam's not going to get killed like the way Spencer Long was getting him killed. So, I mean, that's not really something great to say, but at least we have him there. So I think that the offensive line is still something that needs to be worked on, like you were saying. But as far as our overall unit, we're better than we were before free agency. Pool in that nickelback spot. Next year, we have Johnson and we have Roberts. That's another place I'd love to upgrade, especially in the draft. 
Um, coming off the edge, we kind of have a giant hole too. Now Jenkins, Jordan Jenkins isn't as bad as people think, but we didn't sign anybody in free agency at all. They didn't really bring any edge rushers, so um, we're going to be really relying on him. I do think they maybe have some faith in Frankie Lufu. We talked about him before the season last year in preseason, got after the quarterback. When he actually got chances last year, he got some pressures and got after the quarterback. When it comes to the edge rushers, Mike, do you think they kind of whiff? Do you think they make a mistake if they don't go out and get someone that's still out there, maybe like a Justin Houston who's kind of who's not signed with anyone yet? Do you think that's a guy they should focus on or no? I think that McCagney's being smart with his money. He's not going to overpay for Justin Houston, who's a, a player who's a little long in the tooth. He'd rather put money where you're actually going to get good value out of. And to be honest with you, the mocks I'm seeing and what I've been hearing, Nick Bosa may fall to us at three. The realistically, absolutely could. And if he is, there's no question. If you don't trade down, we get Nick Bosa and we move on. Um, edge is a position that is very, very difficult to find edge talent because they're always franchised up. Uh, I know that we talked about him potentially trading for Jadavion Clowney. We haven't heard any more on that front, but he does have a lot of money there to play with. Edge, I believe he is going to, when Mike McCagnon will try to address, Jenkins is decent. He's not great. Luvu is decent at best. He's not great. There's, there's no question that as far as needs go, Edge, center, and cornerback are the three positions that we're going to need help with and setting that and now one of the things that i wanted to say to you keith was the the last position that i thought we've upgraded is linebacker i think that cj mosley and avery williamson are going to be phenomenal duo together and cj mosley is just one of the best inside linebackers there is what that does with lee what are we going to do with lee now i brought this up on twitter and i tweeted it out to a couple of people to see their thoughts and i said why don't we just put lee on the outside as an outside linebacker and let's see if he can set the edge guess what darren lee played the edge in college that's where we drafted him in the first round Yeah, but is you think he's big uh, enough uh, to do we that don't, because maybe he's not big enough but is he fast enough absolutely he is Absolutely, he's fast enough. Okay, is he big enough? The, the, the feedback I got was that they're going to put him... Greg Williams is going to use him in hybrid packages. So he'll play, you know, uh, where they'll put three linebackers on the field, middle linebackers on the field at a time. He'll kind of play some safety. Um, he could play on the outside edge. But Lee, I feel like Lee now, they can free Lee up to where he can be used more in coverage and potentially put him on the outside to where he potentially can set the edge. So that's something to... I, I wouldn't trade... I, I heard that there's options out there to trade Lee, but I'm not sure if we get the correct value back from him. He had a better year last year, and I'm interested to see what Greg Williams would do with him uh, as a, a potential option to bring him in as far as the defense. Um, you can only be excited with the prospects of combining him up with Williams, but the thing, I, I mean, it seemed like a foregone conclusion a few weeks ago he was going to be cut, especially when they signed C.J. Mosley. And here we are, and he's still on the squad. So, I mean, maybe they do have a role for him, and maybe Greg Williams does like some of the tape he saw on him, especially the speed yeah. uh, that he has. So, yeah. and, you know, you can utilize him in different ways. I don't know. A lot of those guys that set the edge, they're able to get out there where the tackle's out there and still get around him. If that guy's coming at him full speed or make a move on him, bull rush him sometimes if they have to, if there's a running play. And I don't know if he's big enough to do that, but who knows? I mean, he, if you have Avery Williamson, you have C.J. Mosley. He's not going to get a lot of burn at middle linebacker next year. Right. Uh, obviously, C.J. Mosley was... The best player on the best defense in the league last year, you know, and he's one of the best yep. middle linebackers in the league. 
got the money because of that, made the Pro Bowl a whole bunch of times, a second team All-Pro a whole bunch of times, so he's a really good player. And yeah, I do think the defense will be improved, and that's another place, just like I said, man, you just gotta fill that hole in a corner, and then we'll see what happens. If they get that edge rusher, like, in the draft, then maybe that's the reason they haven't, you know, they'll answer all our questions, kind of why they didn't focus on that in free agency, because they already had a plan there at three. Not that you know what's gonna happen at one or two. For this week, because uh, we have international domination taking over <laughs> soon with the, with the podcast, uh, we have an abbreviated show that's really all we got for you this week. Not much else has happened, so we just got to yep. all the all the main points just for all our diehard Jet fans to throw it out at you. Taking ABG on the road, going to Korea. Wow, everybody! Wow, ABG wow. podcast from Korea. Whew. Fly over to Korea. ABG will be there, dominating. I'll be representing the Jets. Yep. Uh, you know, I'll be trying to. Maybe, who knows? Maybe I can get a Jet chant going. It's all part of the New York Jet in student program. Yeah, where there's actually a Korean Jet fan coming over to live in my house. Yep. With, but yeah, so I'll be over there, Mike. Enjoying the festivities in Korea, getting a little bit of the Asian lifestyle. From there, just so all of our fans know, we actually will still. No, we're gonna. We're not gonna probably do our show next week. Right. But we will still be doing a show next week, won't we? Mike? Yes, we will. We'll be on the Jets Factor podcast talking with CJ D Simone and Carlos the Hitman Sardinas. So that's what our plan is to record this Sunday, and you'll hear us on the Jet Factor podcast. We'll make sure to share that show with all of you. That should be good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be doing it from 12:30 in the morning in Korea. Mike and them will be here at 11:30 in the morning. Uh, you know, stateside. It'll be great. It'll be tremendous. And I can't wait to do it. I can't wait to be in Korea. Yeah, I'm gonna be I'm I'm like Shaquille O'Neal there. Bro, they yeah. are gonna when they, you get off the plane like oh yeah. shit. They're gonna be like that's the white Kevin Durant. What do we do? do, we, do, we, do, we, do we not look him in the yeah. eyes? I'm only six one and a half. Mike was there, Mike's like six foot five. That's I told Mike. That's oh, there'd it. be there'd be issues. There would be people be running. Yeah, but it should be good. It should be a good time. We'll still be next week. We'll be in hiatus, guys. Following again for that, we'll be coming back at you. I want to thank everybody for listening to us as always. And if they want to listen to us, tweet at us, get at us. And support us in any way. Where can they do that? Well, we're hosted on the Elite Sports Radio Network. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spreaker.com. Please follow us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man. That's Mike. I'm Keith. On behalf... Oh, so hold on. Let me do that again. You heard the man. On behalf of my colleague, Michael Garris, and the majestic beast, Nicholas Kronk, everybody... My name is Keith Farrell. Thank you for joining us. Are you ready? Can't win. The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Bird, very passionate. Bird, Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Y'all beat us up. Y'all are an unbeliever.